Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is. Christ our Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. We thank you all for tuning in once again to Hope in Christ with Denise. Today we have uh, another set of interviews of wonderful women of God that have to do with spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Before we begin, I'm going to open with a word of prayer, and then we'll begin today's show. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity once again to share the good news about Jesus Christ. Father, we pray, O oh God, for those that are listening today, that they would hear a word, O oh God, that they would uh, receive something that we have here, one of the ladies speaks, O oh God, so that they would be delivered, so that they would be set free, and they would know the truth. Father, we pray, O oh God, that you would have your way in this interview, have your way in all that you have to say through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast and also rebroadcast on Sky Thunder Radio on Monday evenings. Today, again, we have some wonderful women of God that will be sharing from um, their testimonies that they have written in under the direction of Minister T.K. Ware, and there are several anthologies that he has um, coached and began, and they have began to write in these anthologies. And so those young ladies are Minister Katrina Harris, and we also have Christine George, Renona Kimball. Those are the authors we have today on the show. And we're going to talk about their writing as they wrote in the anthologies, Been There Above That, Hello Queen, and Queen to Queen, and also a combination of Jubilee. And today we're going to start with um, Minister Katrina Harris. Katrina, can you tell us more about yourself? Yes, my name is Katrina Harris Hardison. I am an educator, an author, and an entrepreneur. I am from Eufaula, Alabama. And um, I became an author uh, after seven years of just um, just hearing from God, and you know that the number seven is completion. So I wrote my first book um, entitled Are You Connected for Real? Also, as a single author, all of these other books I've written as co-authors with TK, and I'm very grateful for him for giving me that opportunity. And I think that being an author is such a wonderful thing, especially when you get direction from God, and you get to encourage other women. All of my books are inspirational that I have taken a part in, and it's to encourage other women because as women we go through different things in life, and uh, we just need a, uh, someone to just encourage each other and just pat each other on the back and keep pushing them forward in the name of Jesus. So I thank God for this opportunity on tonight. Amen. Thank you, Ms. Katrina. And then we have Ms. Christine George. Can you introduce yourself, please? 
Yes, I'm Christine George. I'm a wife of almost 27 years, a mother of two sets of twins. I currently am employed with the state of Alabama as a uh, child support caseworker. Uh, I have written two books and co-wrote a couple, two books with uh, TK. Um, the first book, Food for Thought, uh, Building Human Capital uh, by Feeding the Mind, Body, and Soul. And in that book, it was pretty much encouraging. I, I've been in corporate America for many, many years, and there, there was something missing because people was concentrating on money and not con- concentrating on people. So I saw it necessary, or at least God saw it necessary for me to help and reach out to uh, many of the leaders within the company and not just give them best practices uh, to do their job but to be better people. And in the book, and I remember, is my journey uh, – of me remembering my past, forgiving my present, and uh, letting go of the little girl within. We oftentimes hide a lot of things within us, but it's really the little child that's really hurt that has grown into a grown adult. So a lot of people, because uh, I was uh, sexual assaulted and, and, and had suppressed a lot of my anger, bitterness, resentment, uh, unforgiveness, everything within me, but God revealed to me my issues. And so I had to take off the mask on June 12, 2015. So I've been on a uh, forgiveness journey since 2015, and I'm currently working on a play that is uh, to be in Eufaula, Alabama on April 13th at the Eufaula City Auditorium called Forgiveness is Greater. So that's my life. Amen, amen. I want to hear more information about that, Miss Christine. And then we have... Ms. Renona Kimball, can you introduce yourself, please? Hi, my name is Renona Kimball. I am a um, single mother of two children. I am a community manager in an apartment complex, and this is actually my first time um, being in a book. So um, it was very exciting when um, Mr. TK asked me to um, put a portion of my testimony in the book because I truly walk by faith and not by sight. Um, so I have, like, actually I've, I've actually had a, a book that I've actually started kind of writing. It's basically my testimony. So it's, I have so many, so I just write them down every time something happens. So I'm probably going to come out with something with the book of testimonies, um, telling people about um, my testimonies to increase their faith. Um, so that's my story. Amen. Thank you, ladies, for sharing. And so we're going to uh, begin with one of the questions that you shared a little bit, but just a little bit more specifically. Um, can we start with Ms. Katrina? And one of the chapters that you've written in for TK, can you tell us about um, specifically what that chapter was about? Not too many details, but specifically about your chapter. Yes, um, my chapter was entitled To All Beautiful Queens because the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we know that we all are beautiful and we are queens. I kind of based uh, the portion that I wrote to encourage women to let them know that God is always with you no matter what the situation I kind of compare myself to Ruth in the Bible because I had experienced a lot of pain and great loss, and I reminded myself that I had to be faithful and stay connected to God. And that connected for real in, in the book that I wrote 
it, it lets us know that as long as you're connected to God and you're connected for real, that you can get through anything in life. So as as Sister Christine stated, I, I wrote about me wearing a mask. Uh, I was in a marriage for 10 years, and the entire time I was wearing a mask. I, I was going through mental abuse, and, and I was not happy, but I was pretending to be happy. And a lot of times in life, as women, we may pretend to be happy, but on the inside we are torn up. So uh, that's that's a little bit of my testimony, along with other things that happened. I wanted all queens to know that they, they should know their worth, and they should smile even when they're defeated, and they should be available to do anything that God has called them to do. And I just wanted to encourage them and let them know that at one point in life, it's time to take the mask off. And if they are wearing a mask today, that God says it's time to take it off and move forward in your life. Um, I've hosted about five women conferences in the state of Alabama as well as Georgia, but I also, God gave me a conference that I want to host coming up in a couple of months maybe when I can get it together. And it's entitled Taking the Mask Off because we need to take the mask off and be who God has really called us to be in life. So that's basically my testimony for all beautiful queens. Uh, stop wearing the mask. It's time to take them off and to move forward. And I just want to uh, end on this note. And, and in, my, in my portion, I said that all queens, need to love yourself, to know yourself, to heal yourself, and always be yourself. Thank you. Amen, amen. And we, the same question for Miss Christine. Can you tell us some specifics about the chapter that you wrote in which anthology? Yes, I wrote in uh, Hello, Queen, Standing on His Promises. Um, I was a teenage mother. Uh, had two set, I mean, I had a set of twins at age 17. Father was key murdered a few years after they were born. Um, I was I got married, well, you know, to the man that I am with currently now, a great man of God. But my childhood was not a fairy tale. My father was an alcoholic. I was being sexually abused by my uncle, who which lived within our home, and I was in fear of even telling my mother because um, she was already being abused enough. And so because I saw that domestic violence on a daily basis, uh, it, it put me in a lot of fear. So I was very quiet. Uh, I know Katrina can relate to some of that. I was very quiet in school because a lot of times people will shut down because they don't want people to know what's really going on at home. And so, but my mother was a praying mother. She, I would see her fast. I would see her still do for her husband. I still saw her tending to her children. So without her even saying a word to me, I learned so much from her. So I give uh, glory to God for one and, and glory to God for having a, a, a mother. Even though she had a rough time, she taught me so much. But my life, like I said, is not a fairy tale. And through that, um, I knew how to stand on God's promises. You know, I can't trust my circumstances. I trust God. Uh, he said he would never leave me nor forsake me, and I believe that. He said he would not put no more on me than I can bear, and I believe that. So when you're standing on God's promises and you're, you're looking, facing the death, in, death is facing you in the face and looking at you like you're going to die, but you're saying, no, I'm not. I will live. I shall live, and I'm, and I, and I'm not going to die. And so that's what so many women need to hear I know it's rough. I know it don't look good. I know that everything that, that's around you is, is telling you you are defeated. 
But God is telling you you have a destiny. So I had to learn to stand on his promises throughout, throughout all my pain. And throughout the book, it was talking about pain to purpose. So when you go through some pain, and, and it's a great thing that this book is called Jewels, because jewels have to, go, have to be treated in some high heat and a lot of pressure. And they have to be dug to, in order to get that, that jewel. So we are all women of God that had to have to go through a lot of heat, a lot of pressure, and had, God had to do a lot of digging for us to come to the surface. So now we're here on the surface, and we have to share our testimony with other women that still feel like they're, they're on the ground. So we're trying to dig some of these women out by the grace of God. So that's what my part was in the book, standing on his promises. Amen, amen. Um, and also, Miss Renona, can you share about your chapter? I'm, I'm loving, loving, loving the testimonies. Miss Renona. Okay, yes. Yeah, so um, I'm in Hello Queen, and my topic was all it takes is a little faith. And so uh, I have a lot, but I'm trying to break it down. I'm trying to see how I'm going to break this down because um, my life has just truly been about faith. I experienced listening to some of the um, other women of God's testimonies, experienced some of that stuff too in a marriage, and very unhappy, very miserable, and um, God delivered me out of that. Um, so I have been a single parent for a um, good time now and just walking by faith with God, just trusting in him. Um, man, I talked about uh, the woman with the issue of blood because I relate to her so well, um, just going through so much, so many tests back-to-back and feeling like, God, okay, <laughs> I know, you know, when I was born, they gave me up to die. Um, they gave me three minutes to live. Um, and my dad, uh, he, powerful man of God, he didn't know what to do. He was praying, and, and he heard God say, first they gave me 17, first they, I'm sorry, first they gave me 34 minutes to live. They flew me to Pensacola, and they gave me 17 minutes to live. Then they came and gave me three minutes to live. So at that three-minute mark, that's when God spoke to my father and told him, now go. So he said he prayed and his hands got hot as fire. He held me um, in his hands. His hands got hot as fire. And he said all at once um, his hands were stuck to me like glue. And then he said finally he was able to pull them apart, and everything that was wrong with me was right, like, the doctors was coming in, the nurses, it's a miracle. And how that, every time he tells that story, it truly blesses me. So I know that I am called for a great destiny. So I had to understand while going through all of these tests because they were truly back-to-back tests. And I would sometimes be like, God, what, what, what's wrong with me? Am I, why am I going through so much stuff all the time? Like, what's the problem? But then when God began to reveal to me my walk with him and that this faith walk is going to help millions of people, then I had to understand and I had to begin to just pray for strength to endure and go through every test. So I just stopped praying for other things. I just began to pray for strength. So everything I went through, he just gave me strength to go through it. And so that's why I say I have, like, a book of testimonies because when I go through something, I write it down, and I'm always encouraging somebody somewhere, whether it's in the grocery store, at church, um, at my community, wherever. I'm always encouraging somebody because I've been through um, a lot. Because I can't tell all my testimonies, but um, one of the greatest ones that I've recently experienced was when 
um, I was out of work uh, back in 2016. 2016, I went through a divorce. I lost my job, and I lost my place, and I lost my car. Um, all this happened at one time. And so I'm like, God, what have I done? <laughs> Am I disobedient? What's going on? But anyway, um, in the, the middle of that test, God spoke to me. He said, you're in a trust, you're in a faith and a trust walk with me. And so after I got that revelation from him, that's when I was like, oh, okay, I was at ease because I knew what was going on. He gave me understanding of what was going on. So everything that I went through after that, um, he just, it was just amazing because I knew what was going on. And then um, one great testimony is when I was staying with my friend, I didn't have any money, me and my two kids, and um, I said, God, I need a financial miracle. I need a blessing. And so I went to this church. My friend had just gave me $20. I went to the store, um, spent three of it, so I had $17 left, and I was in the church. And um, man of God got up, and I'm very, um, I pay attention when they start talking about money in church. And I, I listen, and I hear from the Holy Spirit. And so the man of God was saying, so, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And so I took the $17 um, to the altar, and I just, just put it on the altar, and I was crying on the way back, and my son was with me, and he said, Mama, you put everything you had on the altar. I said, I know. I said, it because I know it's God. And so then he said, well, Mama, I work at the barbershop, so I'm going to go, um, I'll give you $20 after we leave church. I said, okay, thank you, baby. So we, we go, we leave church, we go to the barbershop to get the $20, but when he handed me the 20 I seen it leave out of my hand, and I shook my head like, wait a minute, what's going on? So anyway, going around the corner, there was this lady and her little boy standing up under a tree asking for help. So I then knew why I seen that $20 leaving out of my hand. So I jumped in the car. I mean, I jumped out of the car, I gave the lady, the lady the money, I prayed with her, and then after I prayed with her, I got back in the car crying again. And my son said, Mom, do you realize you just gave everything you had? I said, yeah, baby, but it's okay. He said, I know, Mama, because God got you, because my, my children know the faith walk, that we walk the faith walk. And so the very next day, um, I got an email saying that I was uh, approved for $3,700, and I sold $3,700. And I got approved for $3,700. So along with many other testimonies, that's one of my um, recent testimonies that was great to me. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. Amazing, ladies. And it's amazing how God can take us from, you know, and give us beauty for ashes and how he continues to show himself mighty in our lives. And I'm just listening to your testimonies and, knowing my testimony is similar to um, you all's, and I'm just amazed by God. My next question is, um, are you planning any independent projects, current or upcoming independent projects? And the first person that can answer is Ms. Renona. Um, well, the things that I'm working on now, I one of my dreams is to, um, reestablish homeless people, and um, I don't want to just feed them and clothe them. I want to get them back on their feet. So I am actually working on um, searching into a five hundred one c three and getting all that information so I can start that because that has been one of my greatest passions is to help homeless people and help them to believe again because many of them have given up 
on their dreams, on life, but, you know, help them to see there is um, a second chance or third chance, chance or however, with God, you can't be somebody again. So that's something that I'm, I'm very passionate about and that I'm working on. Amen. And um, do you have any writing projects that you're going to be working working on as well? Writing projects, like I said earlier, um, I kind of stopped the book down of testimonies, which I probably need to pick that back up um, because I know God is kind of dealing with me about that. So if if there be any writing, which there will be, um, it's going to be writing that book of testimonies. I don't know what I would call it. Um, I don't know what I would call it yet, but it will be just having a book where I'm just really, just really telling a lot of my testimonies to increase people's faith. Amen. Amen. And Miss Christine, the same question: Are you planning any independent projects? Uh, yes, ma'am. Actually, I'm um, uh, in the process of doing my first play. Um, uh, and, and you follow City Auditorium on April 13th. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and uh, the strange thing is, I was I was had been talked to Narlance Davis back in July of 2018, uh, trying to get some ideas of how to do a monologue, how to do a play, because I was pressed uh, upon by God to get the word out about sexual abuse. And so I was like, okay, God, now I, I, I don't have the finances for this stuff, you know. But any time that you're, the, the, the plan is God is always going to be bigger than your pocket because he's going to get the victory in all of it. So um, I had been contemplating the play. Then if I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And so Narrowness was like, okay, where are you in January? And I was like, I, don't, I hadn't even started, you know, and – you know, I've spoken with T.K. Ware before about how God prompts you to write, and that's how quick he's, he's, he's given me the idea but didn't know how to put it all together. I was just so discouraged by it because I, I can't do this, I can't do this. So uh, we got it all together, got the plays, and, and it's like I said, it's going to be uh, April 13th at the Ufala City Auditorium. Uh, it's, the cost is $35, with, and then we'll have an autographed book of my latest book, I Remember, and it's called Forgiveness is Greater. Although we've gone through a lot of stuff in our lives, um, forgiveness is greater than any of that. Because when God died on the cross, the first thing he said, forgive them. And so that's what we have to do. Uh, you know, it's, it, we might say it's not fair, but we're not able to fully live our purpose unless we forgive those who who, who um who went against us, who abused us, who, who did us wrong or anything like that. And also after I finished the play, um, I was, got a confirmation from God regarding uh, another book uh, from an evangelist and actually from my pastor's sermon when he said the words, and I'm just looking at him like, really? Uh, and that book was going to be signed, healed, delivered, I'm yours. So I'm working on that. I will be working on that as soon as the play is over. That sounds awesome, awesome, awesome. And the same question goes to Ms. Katrina. Um, are you planning any independent projects? Um, yes. Um, I'm working with a, a friend of mine out of Phoenix City, Alabama. Uh, I haven't had a conference in Phoenix City, so we 
Um, God has been dealing with me about taking it to another area, so uh, the Fink City, Columbus, Georgia area. I want to have a conference there entitled Taking the Mask Off 2019, which will be my fifth conference. And um, that's what I'm getting ready to work on now, as well as I've written a second book. Um, it's already published called The Visions of the Closed-Eyed Delicacy. I am an artist as well. And uh, it's about uh, paintings of women, uh, all women with their eyes closed. That's why it's called The Closed-Eyed Delicacy, um, to encourage women uh, that they may have a Hannah experience. And we all know the story of Hannah in the Bible, how she prayed and Eli thought she was drunk. Um, you got you to gotta lay prostrate before God. I experienced myself. I went on a 30-day prayer and said in all white. I had to lay before God. And things began to manifest, and I began to see clearly. So um, that's why uh, my book, Connected for Real, I, you got to stay connected to God. Uh, we always, a lot of times as people, we're always asking God, what is he going to do for us? But what are we doing for him? Are we acknowledging him? Are we giving him the glory and the praise? And that's what God began to deal with me on when I, when I laid before him prostrate, as Hannah did. So um, these pictures, the closed eye delicacy in my book, uh, as God gives me pictures and visions, I begin to paint art and I do my artwork. So I may be thinking about having an art show um, where these women can come in and view my paintings and maybe they could help them on their journey in life, something, like, something to that effect. So I'm waiting to hear, you know, from God about that as well. So basically that's what I'm doing right now. Amen, amen. And, um, that, I mean, the wonderful things that you ladies are doing, I pray that God will just bless your hands and the finances of it. We have a few more questions. One of my questions, because um, the anthologies that we've written in, have to do with trusting God and walking by faith. And um, one of the ladies said constantly about trusting in God and, you know, having that faith. And we live in a time, um, and I just thought about this question, we live in a time with such a great falling away of um, I teach children. And so a lot of times you hear the children say, well, I don't believe that there's God and um, and things like that. And so my question and and um Ms. Renona, you can start with the question is, what advice would you have for someone who just has gotten to the place in the time that we find ourselves living in that they just don't believe? They don't believe that um, there's a God and believe in Christ. What would you say to them? We'll start with Ms. Renona. Okay. Um, I would say um, if, if they've um, gotten to a place where they feel like they're faith has dropped or um, to a place of kind of like unbelief. I've been there several times, but um, I always, when I hear that, all I hear is come back to your first love. And um, for me, one of my my things that I do is worship. Um, Worship, like I can have so many things going on around me, and if I get in a place of worship when I just focus on God and on God only, not my problems, not my situations, none of that. Um, I get into a place of worship, and I get that refreshment that I need to um, to help me to keep going because worship is powerful. A lot of people don't really know much about worship. They think, oh, you just worship God. No, you have to get into a place, a sacred place of worship. And when you get into that place, 
there's such a, 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 a refresh. I mean, God don't lay me out in worship because he, it's like he renew you. It's like, God, fill me up again, like the song says, fill me up. And so, you know, if you ever get to that place where, you know, your faith is shaky or um, or even just someone just starting out, I tell people um, I've had to minister to a young lady when I was in college. She said, um, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in nothing. And, and so, you know, I'll never forget that, that day I was struggling with going to school. And I, I knew it was something. I'm like, man, I'm struggling with going to school today. So I sat right next to her, and she just sat out of class. I don't believe in God. And, you know, something rose up in me. I looked at her. I said, you don't believe in God? I said, okay, let me tell you something. I said, God, I said, and, I, and I stopped right there in the classroom with everybody in there. I said, God, I need you to show yourself to this woman right here. I said, I need you to show yourself. I told her, I said, just start talking to him. And I said, next week, I need you to come back, and I need you to tell me what you've experienced. That next week, that young lady came back. She she was crying to me. She said, "Oh my God!" She said, "I've experienced him. I prayed about some things. I talked to him, and he revealed himself to me." This was in within a week, and I was so excited because I, I it does something to me when somebody says they don't believe in God. It's like some just trigger in me, and so I just encourage you. You know, when you get to that place or for somebody new that's trying to believe in God, when you get to that place, worship and intimacy and talking to him is the most powerful thing that you can do. Lay it out. Be real. Be real. That's the most powerful thing because I had to learn that. I would go to God. I'll be mad at him or feel in some type of way, and, you know, he won't let me sleep. He won't let me do anything because he wants me to confess what I feel. So I'll end up saying, okay, God, I'm mad at you right now. I, I need you to do something. I'm, I'm feeling some type of way. And that's when he comes in real strong when you're real with him. So be real. If you want to fight somebody, if you want to do this, whatever you want to do, just be real with him, and he will come in and he will help you. And that's it. Amen. And, Miss Christine, the same question, what, would you, what advice would you give to someone who has, they just don't believe in God? They don't except, you know, our truth that we know is truth, um, what would you tell them? Well, um, I mentor a young lady as well, and uh, she hasn't actually said the words, but all her gestures, thoughts, and stuff like that say, she, you know, she kind of says she's doing this, she kind of, you know, in a way she don't. And so what I've, I've learned through the process is, um, I will ask her questions, you know, how did you get through this? How did you get through that? You know, why do you think you got through this and stuff like that? And so because she been sexually, had been sexually abused for many, many years and she was caught into a, a mindset, she still even had to uh, go to her abuser even when she was an adult. Uh, but the thing is, once they start telling me their story, and then I, I go to the scripture and tell them, how do you think God, you know, this is how God brought you through this. This is, this is all God doing. You didn't have anything to do with that. You're just a vessel. And then I always tell them my story and how God has kept my sanity because your witness is, is, every, the witness is everything it's a lot of, to an unbeliever. And making sure they stand in the word because prayer has also kept me 
in my right mind has kept me believing and trusting in God. Yes, like Sister uh, Renona said, uh, yeah, you get that look too with God sometimes. Like, God, why is this still going on? But my goal is first to see if they're saved because we have to meet people where they are because a lot of people are not saved. So it's kind of hard to get an unbeliever to trust in God sometimes if they don't come to Christ. And, and if they don't see the evidence of things, and it doesn't necessarily mean money or anything like that, it's just things like Sister Renona said happens, and we have to pray to God, show them you. Show them you, God. Show, show them that it's you. And one particular thing the young lady had done was, uh, I, you know, she was saying that she was struggling financially and stuff like that, and I, you know, okay, fast to sow a seed. And so she said, you know, she told me she sowed the seed. She said, that was the last I had. I ain't got nothing else. And the next day she received a check in the mail. So I said, now do you believe God? He already knew you was broke. He already knew this. But he just wanted you to believe him. And so that's what we have to continue to encourage people. And we got to hold not just them, the people accountable, hold ourselves accountable. And we have to mentor people all the way through, whether it's 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, and they need prayer because sometimes that tangible person is us. And they need to understand that if they don't see God in the air, like we know the spiritual, the spiritual realm, because they don't understand that because if they're not believing, they're not understanding the spiritual realm. So they need to see God in us. We have to love in spite of. We have to give when we sometimes think they're not going to do right by it. But they got to have some kind of tangible being to stand in the gap to show them this is God. This is not me. This is God. God told me to bring this to you. God told me to show you this. And when they start seeing that and they'll look at you like, I pray to God for God to show me if he's real. So we have to be that, that instrument sometimes in order to help an unbeliever believe. Amen, amen. And Miss Katrina, the same question. Um, what advice would you give to a person who does not believe? Um, basically, uh, a lot of the same things that these other two women of God have said. First of all, they got to be saved. Um, they got to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was raised from the dead. And you have to really, really mentor them along the way to get them to see that. And by me being a teacher as well, um, I recently had a conversation with a 12-year-old girl, and uh, I had to let her know. Um, sometimes she misbehaves, doesn't follow rules, does a lot of things that she should not be doing in school. So I had to let her know that I've been there and done that, and that's that book uh, that we've all been a part in. Um, because of the simple fact, um, God took me through a lot of things to the way, to the place where I am now. I had to go through a lot to get where I am now. I, I haven't always been good. And sometimes we don't admit um, by us being Christians now that we've always been a certain way. No, sometimes we hadn't always, most of us hadn't always been good. So once I began to tell the girls, I said, you see all that stuff you're doing? When I was in school, I did some of that too. And she literally, her mouth really dropped wide open. And I said, but you know how I got to where I am now? I said, I stayed connected to God. Um, I, I, I just prayed a lot, and I believed in God, and that's what my book, Connected for Real, is about. And she began to say, you did, Miss Hardison? You did all the stuff that I'm doing? I said, yeah, I had always been good. But I thank God that I am the way that I am now. I'm not what I used to be, but I thank God where I am now. 
and I still have a ways to go. I still haven't arrived, but God is taking me to new levels. So I had to. you have to let that person see the God in you, as was stated earlier. Then they'll know, wow, God brought her from this place to that place. And that's how God will do. He'll take you from one level to the next, and he'll bring you through it. All you got to do is trust him and stay connected to him. I don't know why that connected is something big with me. You got to stay connected to God. And like uh, one of the women said tonight, you got to be for real about it. You can't be no faking, no playing around. You got to be real. And, and uh, I'm a girl's mentor at my school. Uh, I have a mentoring club. And we meet and we talk about these issues. We talk about these problems that are going on. And all of these girls know that, hey, I may be this way now, but if I stay connected to God, that he'll take me to a whole nother level because this is not my final destination. God says that we all have purpose and we all have a destiny in our life. So we just have to continue to stay close to God. I enjoy mentoring these middle school girls. You ladies know what a middle school girl is like. Most of you know uh, they're not easy to deal with. They go through a lot. They're dealing with a lot of things at home and at school. So I thank God for placing me in their lives and to help them see that with God all things are possible. That's about it. Thank you. Amen. And you're right, Miss Katrina. I've been in middle school for 14 years, and that's, <laughs> uh, that's some grace that God has to give us. And um, um, it's true. They come with so much, so much that um, – they spend too much time focusing on test scores, and they should be t- focusing on the soul that God put in the school building. Um, so that's, yeah, that I agree with you on that one. We have one more question for each of you, and that question is simply, who has been an inspiration for you on your journey? Just any anybody that has been truly inspiring to you on your journey. And we can start with you, Ms. Katrina. Uh, there's a long list, amen, but um, so many people have inspired me. I want to say that the number one person is I thank God for being in my life um, and for leading and guiding me. Uh, but um, here on this earth, my dad was my inspiration. Uh, he's a retired educator um, who died this past September, and he went on to be with the Lord, but he had has really, you know, he really encouraged me when he was here uh, as his only daughter, and I thank God for him. I dedicated my first book to him. And there's so many other authors, and like TK, he, he inspires me to continue to be an author that I should be by allowing me to write and co-author in some of his books to know that God has put this writing in me, and he has encouraged me to make it just come on out more. Um, I thank God for all of the leaders in my life. Uh, my pastor, Pastor James Allen, Columbus, Georgia. Uh, I thank God for him. I just thank God for a lot of people, my mom. Um, the list goes on and on, but I'm most grateful to God for just keeping me safe and, and keeping me in the place where I am because I promise you, after all that I've been through, I could have lost my mind. And I thank God that with all the roadblocks that came in my life, you know, a lot of times people think because I'm so a Christian or because I'm saved that ain't nothing supposed to happen to me. Well, that's a lie because the Bible says trials and tribulations will come, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. So we're going to go through things, but we need to know that we've got to trust God in the midst of the storm. So I'm very grateful for all of those who have contributed. There's, like I said, there's a long list. I thank God for my daughters, granddaughters, and, and just everybody who has helped me along the way. 
uh, Dr. Cynthia Steele of Atlanta, Georgia, has been my best friend along the way. So um, I'm just very grateful to God for all of these people that have been in my life and who have pushed me into my destiny. Thank you. Amen. And then, Miss Christine, same question. Who has been an inspiration to you? Um, as um, Sister Minister uh, Katrina said, God, number one, um, for choosing me to be a scribe for him, for the people to hear his word, read his word in a different form. Um, my mother has inspired me. A lot, a lot of people don't understand why I always say my mother because she's a woman of very few words, <laughs> but she's a strong stature. Uh, she's taught me how to be a wife, how to love my children, and, and just being a great mother in general in spite of all, because if, if nobody else lived in that home, no one would ever know she had gone through what she had gone through. So she has inspired me uh, to have a voice because she, she never had a voice. Um, my husband, um, He's he's been my backbone through it all. Uh, he has encouraged me. What do you need? You know, even when I don't ask, he's okay. Then how is going to get this done? And you know, a lot of times you don't want to to bother them. <laughs> Sometimes I don't um, because I know this is a mission that God has given me. But we're one. He said, No, we're in this together. So uh, most definitely, my husband. Uh, who has supported me through all this, and he's also a, um, a, a sexual assault survivor as well, and we're trying to launch a, a gracefully broken ministries together. So I'm thankful to God for putting him in my life at a, a time in my life where I thought I lost it all. And my children, uh, my twin boys and my twin girls who have given me so much joy uh, in my life, and so in, in the, my grandchildren, that, that's what inspires me to do what I do because if uh, we don't break these generational curses, they will go from generation to generation to generation. So my purpose is to help every man, woman, and child to be healed and delivered from anything that is keeping them in bondage. And, and my purpose right now is from sexual abuse, and I don't want anything to harm my grandkids. I don't want anything to harm my children. So, because when I dug deeper, I found out a lot of things happened before me could have been have stopped because the generation curse kept going. So my mother has inspired me, my husband, my children, because I had a conversation with one of them today, and she was uh, disappointed because she would not be able to make the April 13th event, and she's in Texas. And I said, no, baby, you got to do this. You this is a mama. No, you got to do this. <laughs> So they always they are always uh, always encouraging me even when I just feel like I can't do this. So that's my big support system. I have several friends that you know several that that can stick out. Priscilla Smith and, and other friends, Valerie Bell, uh, and 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 the crazy thing is my one of my closest friends is one of, and my all my daughters, um, Loretta and Jaquita. They we're very close, and a lot of people think we're sisters because we're so close. So I thank God for my family. Amen, amen. And Miss Renona, um, same question. Who has been an inspiration for you? Okay, I would first say God, um, just like the other women of God. And I would say my father and my brother, um, my cousin, my pastor has been a great inspiration to me. Um, pastor Stephen Furtick, I listen to him a lot. 
the great inspiration to me. Um, also, my biggest inspiration is my children. Um, they have really just been my backbone, and to teach them, I taught them um, about having a, a intimate relationship with God at young ages. Um, when they're three and four, you know, they say, Mom, I can't do something or whatever, and I'll just um, tell them, I said, well, well, ask God. He'll help you. And um, so teaching them that and then me praying on the side too, like, God, show them. Help them out. Help them out. They need you. So um, so just by them um, having their own personal, I have my son, He's uh, he just turned 18, and my daughter, she is about to be nine, and they both have their own intimate relationship with God. So they, they pray for things that I don't even know about, and then God just really does things for them, and it just amazes me um, how God does it. So they're my greatest inspiration. On top of that, people that are hurting are my greatest inspiration because I've been through a lot of hurt. So when I come in contact with people that are hurting, which I do a lot, um, how I'm able to help them and minister to them, um, and, you know, just give them testimonies and help them in spite of what I've been through and let them know just because you've been hurt, that don't mean you hurt. When you, well, That don't mean you hurt other people. When you hurt, you help because you don't want other people to feel the same pain that you went through. So um, I would say, yeah, those are my greatest inspirations. Amen. Thank you, ladies, for sharing. And, uh, Renona, can you tell us how people can reach out to you um, on social media or by email? Okay. I'm on social media. My uh, Facebook page is, uh, my name is called Faith Queen on Facebook, and um, it's also Faith Queen on Instagram. And um, my email address is RenonaFaith at Yahoo.com. That's R. E N O W N A, like the word renowned, but at an A, and then faith at yahoo.com. Once again, that's renownedfaith at yahoo.com. That's my email. And Miss Christine, how can people reach out to you or connect with you? Uh, yes, you can go to my Facebook page, Christine George, and I also have a page, Christine L. George. Um, and my email address is Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at ChristineLGeorge.com. Thank you. And then, um, Ms. Katrina, can you tell us how people can reach out to you? Yes, you can reach out to me via Facebook at Katrina Harris Hardison or also on Facebook at Katrina's Closet. You can also reach me via Instagram at kharrishardison. And my email address, I'm going to give you the short one, Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S-K, number 016 at gmail.com. Thank you all. Thank you, ladies, for sharing. Um, Wonderful, wonderful testimonies. We're going to go ahead and pray out. Father God, we thank you, O oh God, for your mighty women of God. Father, we pray, O oh God, that you would just bless what you have placed in their hands, that you would provide, you would make a way, you would bless their families, cover their families, God. We pray, Lord God, that anybody that has heard this broadcast or will hear this broadcast, God, 
we pray, Father God, that they would hear something to know that there's only one truth and that that truth is their hope. So, Father, we pray, oh God, for everyone that's listening. We pray, oh God, for your women of God, that they will continue to go forth in your name. And we bless them and we pray your blessings over them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. Have a blessed one and continue to place your hope in the only hope there is, Christ our Lord.